Hello, this is Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind with me, psychologist Professor Richard Wiseman. And me, science journalist Marnie Chesterton. This is the podcast where we delve into the psychology of everyday life and answer your questions about human behaviour. Expect fascinating facts, scintillating science, and this might even improve your life. In this episode, we're going to be talking about motivation, including different strategies for improving motivation. Why we shouldn't rely on willpower. And how to overcome procrastination. Can I do that? later? Nope. Let's get on with the show. What motivates you? I'm all right with motivation, actually, as long as I'm interested in what I'm doing. Maybe everyone's like that. If, if, I'm, if I don't want to do it, it's quite difficult. But if I want to do it, it's very easy. That's not motivation, is it? That's just, that's just me doing stuff. I think that counts as motivation because... I mean, there's stuff that I want to do that I just don't do for ah. no apparent reason. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can tackle that. By the end of this episode, you're going to be super motivated. This podcast series is is going to fix me in so many ways. It's going ways. to change the world. More importantly, it's going to make me do my tax return on time. Um, yes, that's right. We're covering that in another episode. <laughs> uh, so, no, I, so I'm into motivation. So a few years ago, I attract 5,000 people as they, they tried to achieve all their goals, you know, sort of lose weight and get fitter and all this sort of thing. And at the beginning of it all, we said to them, what are you going to do? What are your strategies? And then we tracked them through the six months or a year, and then we could find out which strategy worked. And what strategies did work? What, what strategies are we talking about? I can tell you what didn't work. Oh, yeah. Willpower. Yeah, I was wondering about this, uh, because I think willpower might be something a bit like a muscle that I don't have or that I, I have not exercised in many, many years. Well, I don't think it even exists. Oh, OK. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sceptical about willpower. So people go, oh, I've got strong will. And I don't know what that even means. Mm. So, uh, no, so if you tick the, yes, I'm going to use willpower, absolute disaster. As was, um, I'm going to be motivated by the bad things that are going to happen if I don't do these things because it set you in this kind of very negative sort of mindset. So those two were disasters. But the biggest disaster of all uh, was I'm going to try and if it was say um, I'm not going to eat, uh, I don't know, sweets and cakes and things, then trying to push those out of your mind was a terrible, terrible thing because you get into the whole white bear thought suppression. What's the white bear? The white bear stuff was um, experiments done by Daniel Wegner, very nice guy, no longer with us, unfortunately. But the idea was that if you ask people not to think about a white bear, they push it out of their mind, but then they have to think, hold on a minute, am I thinking about a white bear? And so they end up thinking about the white bear far more times than the people that are just sitting there anyway, or indeed openly thinking about a white bear. So this is the problem with thought suppression. You, you get this rebound effect. And it's the same with anything. If, if you're worried or anxious about something, you try and push it out of your mind. Terrible idea, because it keeps on bouncing back because you keep thinking, am I thinking about it? Right. So okay. that, that was not a good strategy uh, for people trying to do things like that. It sounds like what you've been telling me is all of the strategies that don't work. And that's, that's right. That's pretty much all the strategies. Is there anything that does work? Oh, there's lots of things that work. So the, the, the best one, and in, in in some ways, it's the most obvious one, but it's, it's still the, the, the most success associated with it, is goal setting. So you've got this big goal, which is you're going to, I don't know, lose weight or go to the gym more frequently or, or whatever it is. The, that seems like a mountain to climb. And so instead of having that one big goal, you break it down into lots of smaller goals. So you go, you know, this week I'm going to lose this amount of weight or I'm going to go to the gym twice or whatever it is. And you try and make those as detailed as possible and it's kind of uh, time-linked. So 
so, so if it's going to the gym, you don't say, I'm going to go to the gym twice. You go, I'm going to go at 6pm on Wednesday and Friday. And that way, you know whether you're achieving those little steps. And it seems far more achievable. So this is goal setting. And, and it's, a, it's a very successful approach. OK, talking of the gym, uh, we've got a question from Ali, a listener, about her struggles with willpower when it comes to exercise. And she says, the only thing that will get me to the gym is the knowledge that my friend is in there waiting for me. And if it weren't for the fear of letting her down, then there's no way I'd be able to get myself through the door, despite the fact I want to get fit. What's that all about? Yeah, so that, that is interesting. So that's the support network. And again, this is another one of these success strategies is that if you tell your friends and family what it is you're trying to achieve far more successful than if you don't mention it to anyone but for me that falls under uh, the kind of stick versus carrot aspect because i don't see that as a support network i i see that as kind of people i will be letting down if i don't do this i think to some extent that's true but hopefully they would also encourage you now in some in our research we found that there were some groups of people um who didn't do that at all so their friends actually tried to discourage them and they go oh let's all have a lot more oh, cake go on, go have, on have another, another drink one. have yeah, another yeah, yeah. one life's short and all that sort of thing but as long as you get supportive friends and families most of them are actually it's a very big driver so in terms of carrot and stick Always go with the carrot, particularly if you're trying to eat healthily. So, uh, so that notion of the good things that will flow from achieving this goal is, is actually, again, another successful strategy. So we're talking about goal setting, really important, particularly when it's detailed. So, so if you can go, uh, when this happens, then I do this. So you know, when it's six o'clock on Wednesday, then I go to the gym. And that allows you to, to really kind of cement that in your mind. You know whether you're doing it or not. Not, I'm going to go to the gym twice next week or something like that. OK, so stops you going manana, manana. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's really important. Uh, friends and family, really important. And the positive things that are going to, uh, to flow from it. And actually journaling. Any kind of record about how you're on, where, where you're going on your journey, really important. So those were the four things that really came out as successful uh, associated with uh, success. Saying that, of the 5,000 people, only 10% actually achieve their goals. That makes me feel a lot better. You should do, yes. Yeah, yes. OK. So I started with my aunt maybe uh, over a year ago. During the pandemic sometime, we, we started a kind of, let's try and lose some weight and we'll put a fiver in the pot for every week that we don't. Right. And, um, and I have sort of consistently lost the same kilo again and again and put it back on again. But now I've got £400, so... That's that's one way of looking at it. Bonza. Um, Actually, on, I mean, on that, often small changes as well. So if you're faced with escalator or stairs, or station or something, if you go, whenever I'm faced with that choice, I'll always go with the stairs. Those kind of small mindset changes can add up. So it's all the, the same thing. And then, in fact, we're seeing this across lots of the episodes. I'm a big fan of this. That small change often has quite a big impact. And that's certainly true of motivation. You mentioned 10% of people manage to achieve their goals. And I'm wondering if there's anything about that 10% versus the other 90. Because why do some people achieve their goals? They know what they're doing. <laughs> That, 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 that's it. I mean, I find that very hard to believe. Well, that, that's the whole point is, is they were doing different things. That, that 10% were doing all the sort of stuff I'm talking about. The other 90% were relying on willpower and worrying about what was going to happen if they didn't achieve their goals and so on. I'm a social psychologist. I like going, well, socially, what, what's happening? What's the differences in these groups? And how can you get one group to be more like the other if they want to be? I was talking to Giles Yeo, who is a scientist who investigates why some of us are overweight. Mm -hmm. 
And he says, some people talk about they've just got more willpower. And he says, it just seems that there's a lot going on with why some people will put the cake in their face. And that's down to your genetics. It may be true. I'm sure it's true to some degree. But what can you do about that? You can't change genetics. In the future. Maybe. Maybe. If if in the future you can change your genetics, then then great. But right now, that's a kind of tricky thing to do. Yeah. So you could go, you know what? And vastly unethical. And and, 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 That's right. So you could go, look, you know what? It's in my genetics. I need to eat a lot of cake. There's nothing I can do. There's no point in trying. This is going to be my life, which is fine if you want to eat lots of cake. But if you don't, then, well, okay, you can't change your genetics. So what can you change? And that's why I'm I'm always very suspicious about this notion of going, oh, this is all about these factors that we can't change because it leads to a very fixed mindset. And, and I think you're much better off going, I'm sure that's true to some extent, but what can we do? I can't believe willpower doesn't exist. It's like you just told me Father Christmas isn't real. I've, I've, like, I've read no, so real. many... Oh, OK, good. <laughs> that was going to really ruin the day. Um, well, it doesn't exist in the sense of what, what does it mean. It means I'm really going to try hard. Well, trying hard's hard work. Uh, you're going to get pretty exhausted pretty quickly. And to me, it's not a really meaningful strategy. So it's much, much easier to do the sorts of things I've been talking about. The things that you've been talking about seem to be a lot to do with kind of being accountable to yourself. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering how much motivation comes from being accountable to someone else. For example, your editor with a deadline. For example, just taking that one off the the, the top of your head. Or HMRC with your tax return. (laughs) It depends. And it depends on the type of person you are. If you care about what those people think or, you know, whether you've got a job the next week or whatever, absolutely. Um, If it doesn't matter to you too much, then they're not. But I think it's a question of knowing why you're trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And if you understand that, that in itself is quite a big motivation. So if you're talking about healthy living, well, there's a good reason to do that if you want to live a longer, happier life and spend more time with people that you love. That's a big old motivation. So I I think it comes down to, to, you know, not all goals are equal in that sense. And I suppose I'm talking about big goals associated with happiness and success and, and good health. It sounds so simple and straightforward. It is. And yet, out of the, I I don't know, 60-something million people in this country, I think there's 1.5 million people who, sorry to harp on about this, who do their tax returns late. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And they clearly don't want to do it late. It's interesting you know the stat on that. (laughs) It's almost as if to make yourself feel good, you've looked up and it's not just me. It's not just me. That'd be great if you looked it up and it came on a website because it's just you. You are the only one. Everyone else, There's six, a seven million, banner. they're all going to in. It's just you. We're just waiting for yours. Le- Leicester Square. That's right. says, congratulations, Marnie, you're the only person that didn't manage to file this on time. And not that, they can say, we, we, we're not processing any of them until yours is in. <laughs> Oh, God. And everyone's just tutting at you. This is Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind, and today we're talking about motivation. We've had a question about a related topic, procrastination, from a listener called Jade. Jade asks, To what extent does Richard believe that procrastination is a defence mechanism of the ego? Presumably procrastination is not a lack of motivation, rather a resistance to something. Well, procrastination, which can be quite a serious old thing, actually, we shouldn't joke around about it too much, is complicated. So there's sort of C 
serious procrastination, which really impacts on, on people's lives. And what, which, what kind of thing is that? Well, people just find it difficult to put in job applications on time, for example, or meeting anyone and they're always late and all this, this sort of thing, which then becomes, you know, sort of serially uh, late and becomes a social problem. That requires proper help. I think for most of us, where we just go, oh, you know what, I just tend to put things off, then there are things that, that can be done. But it is a complicated bit of behaviour because often it's associated with perfectionism, with not being judged, with not wanting not to get negative feedback so you don't do anything rather than put something in and people tell you it's not good enough and so on. There's all those sorts of issues. But for a lot of procrastination, sorts of things that, that people do in everyday life, I think there are things that, that we can do. Okay. So the one that fascinates me most is based on some, some Russian work, a Russian observation, actually, called the Zaganik Effect in psychology. Zaganik was a student of psychology, 1920s Russia. She goes to a restaurant. And this is why I love psychology, because an everyday observation then has a massive impact on the whole of psychology. She notices the waiters are not writing down people's orders, but they're able to remember them. When it comes to payment, they'll go, this is what you had, and, and they come up with the bill. If five minutes later, the person queries that and says, oh, hold on a second, was that right? They have no memory of the order. Oh, wow. And you get this with actors as well, that they'll remember dialogue, film actors, in a scene, and the moment that scene's in the can, they've got no memory of the dialogue. What's going on? Well, uh, what happened in Russia was they went back to the lab and they started to do experiments into this. So you ask people to try and solve a series of puzzles, but some of the time you stop them before they've got to the solution. Those puzzles really stick in people's minds. So when we complete something, complete a task, it kind of goes out of our, our minds. When it's an uncompleted task, it sits there, a bit like a sort of stone in your shoe. And so when it comes to procrastination, you can use that because often procrastinators don't make any start at all. So this is, there's no problem for them. If you say, look, I know it's a big old thing, just, just work away for five minutes. You can just do five minutes. It becomes an unfinished problem. Oh, so rather than carry on for the duration of the task, which you think could take you an entire lifetime, although actually it's probably going to be a day and a half, um, what's having a stone in your shoe? You'd rather not put the shoe on in the first place. Exactly. The flip side of that is, I know it's going to take you a day and a half to do your tax return. Just just do five minutes. Just start. You can do five minutes. And you do that five minutes. Now it's the stone in your shoe. Mm. Now it's a thing you haven't completed. And so it massively increases the chances of finishing that task. It's a lovely little bit of psychology. So you just have to start. You in just order to have to start. And, and of course, you know, the task might be a, a week, a month, whatever it is. But you think, OK, I'll just do five minutes. So if it's tidying up your house, yeah, you oh my goodness, that's going to take whatever it is, a day or something. You, go, you know what, I'll just do five minutes. You do that five minutes, massively increase the chances you can end up tidying up the house. And that's why I'm usually late, because I'm thinking, oh, I've got five minutes, I'll just start something. <laughs> but that's another episode, I think. <laughs> well, time, no, it's Time no. management? Well, no, I mean, that, that's very interesting. That, that's another procrastination. Is it? Thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's associated with procrastination, which is that often people aren't very good at figuring out how long a task is going to take. And, and one way over that is to go, all right, what are the different parts of that task? So if I have to meet somebody in a coffee shop, I need to get my coat on, I need to get out the door, I need to walk to the 
I don't know, the tube, and to get on the tube, and then I need to walk the other end of the coffee set. How long do each of those parts take realistically? You add that up, and you go, oh, I thought I'd do it in 20 minutes. Turns out it's going to be 40. And, and, and that often happens, is, is that if you can break it down into lots of little stages, put a number against those stages, you end up with a much more accurate estimate. So we get it all the time with students handing in a piece of work. They think the essay is going to take them a day to write, and you think, hold on a second, I've got to do the research, I've got to write it, I've got to check it, I've got to hand it in. When you add all that up, actually it's three days. And, and so it's a great way of overcoming time management issues. We're totting up a thousand questions and hopefully answering them. Time for another listener question. Naomi wants to know about the things that can improve your motivation. She says, I'm a civil servant working for the government. Oh, God, it's probably HMRC. Um, and as you, can, as you can imagine, the last year or so has been a nightmare. I want to know whether your ability to motivate yourself is impacted by being under prolonged periods of intense stress or pressure, as this is something I've been finding increasingly hard. Yeah. So, so stress, anxiety, worry, all those things just amplifies everything we're talking about. So people then tend to focus on the strategies that don't work and particularly procrastination. So rather than deal with what's in front of them, they push it off because they feel less stressed. And the problem is, of course, it becomes a bigger problem the further you push it up the road. So absolutely, like most things in psychology, actually, uh, stress, worry, anxiety just amplifies it. But also gives us a little bit of insight with procrastination, or two bits of uh, insight. Uh, one is the old Mark Twain comment, which if, if you're going to eat a frog, eat it for breakfast, which would mean, first of all, I don't want to have breakfast with Mark Twain. Um, but what he's saying there is if there's something you don't want to do, do it first thing in the morning when you've got a lot of energy. Because if you push it to later in the day, you feel tired, it's easier just not to do it at all. But that brings us back to willpower and this idea that, I know you've said it doesn't exist, but when people talk about cracking in, say, a diet, they usually do it mid-afternoon and the rationale is, well, they've spent all of the morning concentrating on not mm. eating the chocolate and then by by the mid-afternoon they're tired and they just put the chocolate in their face. Yes. So could I, by that rationale, mm. I mean, the inverse of the frog thing is if I just eat all the chocolate for breakfast, yes. then I've just got it out of the way. Well, my, there, my question would be, why are you in an environment where there's chocolate? If you're tempted by chocolate, um, and I'm I can't stand chocolate. No chocolate, no alcohol. No. What's your weakness? Um, it's a long story, and we're going to do that in one of the future episodes. <laughs> okay. That's the Wiseman Breaks Down episode. No, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that's the other thing. It, it, it's in terms of motivation, clear your environment of the things that are tempting you. So just, just do not be around chocolate. Yeah. And don't try and push it out of your mind because it will keep on coming back, but just, just get rid of it from your environment is actually a, a pretty good tip. Um, but in terms of doing something, the, the Mark Twain's frog idea uh, is a good one. The other one with procrastination is often associated with short-termism. So not doing it right now makes you feel good. Problem is you're pushing it down the road, which is probably making the problem even bigger. So what you can say to people is... Don't become short-termist. Think of the problem you're creating down the road right now. Think of the future, not the present, and now see whether you want to get on and, and do it. So it might be a student who doesn't want to write an essay. Well, that's fine, but you hand in the essay late, now you've got no grade, and now the whole degree programme or whatever it is is in jeopardy. Think about that, not how good it feels to go out 
rather than writing your essay. That makes a lot of sense. What about motivational quotes? Do they work? Truth is, they work if they work. Right. If they work for you, of course they work. Um, there is some evidence that they can help people. But in terms of what's a little bit better, actually, is that in terms of how you speak to yourself really matters. So lots of people talk to themselves in the first person, I can do this, I can get fit. There's some evidence that talking to yourself in the second person can help you. So you can do this, you can go to the gym. And in fact, imagining yourself from an outside perspective doing it rather than from a first-person perspective, again, it seems to motivate people. So there's something about taking a little bit more of an external viewpoint, talking to yourself with you rather than I, that notion of seeing yourself doing it rather than imagining from the first person. And those are the sorts of things that really fascinate me. Very simple changes, big impact. A lot of the motivational quotes seem to me to be a bit sappy and so they're kind of alienating, kind of, you are a strong, confident woman, whereas I'm probably more likely to be motivated by sort of, you are not going to let people down or something a bit more nuanced. Is um, is that all right Is or is that too negative again? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit negative, isn't it? It's, <laughs> I, negative. What they're encouraging you to do is to be the best you can be. And, and I think that's quite a powerful thought with people that what sort of person are you and and how you how can you be your best self that's a good motivational quote there is some evidence that if you've got low self-esteem then saying nice things to yourself undermines your motivation because you don't believe the person they're coming from which is you right oh. so, so again there's nuance to it to all of this but fundamentally if it works for you it works for you so if you have got low self-esteem and you don't trust yourself to motivate yourself because you don't believe yourself, what what do you then do? What What's your you strategy? Say, you can do this. Oh, OK, because then that doesn't connect it's back to I. you so it's much. It's not I. OK. And Hello. that's one of the reasons why they think that yeah. strategy works so well. OK, so top tips for motivation. The journaling. Journaling. Telling your friends what you're trying to achieve. Support network. Support network. Uh, goal setting and breaking those goals into smaller sections. Actually putting a time to go to the gym rather than So, so you know you have, haven't achieved it or you have achieved it. Um, doing what you don't want to do first thing in the morning. Starting it for just five minutes, encouraging you to continue. Uh, taking the long-term view, not the short-term view. All of these things will add up and allow you to achieve what you want to achieve. What about fear? Does fear come into that? Is that motivating? No. Oh. That's the stick again. You Is don't... there any stick approach that works then? Well, yes, it works, but not as much as a carrot. So the problem with sticks is that it's it's all very negative. Yeah, but sometimes when you were talking about kind of don't think short-termism mm-hmm. about the joy of going out, think of, you know, the problems that not having a grade and because yes. you didn't do the essay. Is that, isn't that stick-based? It's based? not so much fear. It's it's just the, it's, it's focusing on what the problem will be, not how you feel about it, oh, okay. but the problem. So that's going to cause a problem 
rather than, and that's going to be terrifying, then my life will be awful, even worse than now. And then you're off down that spiral. So it's, so it's, it's removing the emotion in that sense and just going, let's just be a little bit more grounded about this. Remind me what doesn't work. I just, I, I know that this is carrot yeah. and stick and you've been so, doing the things that do work. I yeah. want to know what, what, what I should what, not what, be focusing on. Well, The just, white bear. Uh, the white bear. Ignore the white bear. Uh, so willpower, just relying on willpower, far too general, doesn't really make very much sense. Isn't a thing. Focusing on how terrible life will be if you don't achieve this, for all the reasons we've just been talking about with fear and anxiety. Keeping it to yourself, the opposite of the support network, and really just telling yourself that you'll do it some point in the future, but not now. All those things are going to be problematic. Right, uh, I need to go and do my tax return now. So, Perfect, uh... and eat a few chocolate frogs. From Podimo and Telltale, this has been Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. Hosted by Professor Richard Wiseman and Marnie Chesterton. Our producer is Kate White. The executive producers for Podimo are Jake Chudno and Matt White. And for Telltale are Rami Sabar and Jago Lee. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends. Leave us a review. If you don't like it, tell your friends you did. Why should you be the only ones to suffer? Although it does help others find us. And don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WisemanPod. Where we'll be regularly asking you for questions for future episodes. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.